0: Welcome to GuestCast. Tune in and listen as we speak to global education experts about the latest trends, challenges, and stories that matter.
1: Hello, and welcome to another GuestCast episode. We're delighted to be joined by Ollie Lewis, educator and leader at the British International School Abu Dhabi. Oli is a regular speaker at Guest Events and winner of the Best Use of Digital Learning in the Classroom Guest Award in 2020. Oli, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks so much, Danny. It's a real pleasure to be here. Um, i just like to congratulate you and the team on the new website. I think it's really great. And also starting up the Guest Cast podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Oli. Um, we appreciate your support as well. You're a great supporter for, for the show and a regular contributor as well to to our new website. So, thank you for all your contributions. You. Oli, how has the academic year been for you so far? And how exciting is it to be welcoming students back into school this week after such a long period of online learning?
0: It's, uh, I can't really. Fathom and put into words how excited everybody is to welcome students back into the building for face-to-face teaching. Um, We're only a weekend away. It's it's been a long year. It's been an interesting year, but it's been it's been a good year actually. I think because it's afforded schools and teachers the chance to readdress how they approach certain aspects of education. Um, And let's not forget that I think, but also hugely excited to welcome students back into the building. I know that not all schools um, are on half term at the moment, um, just the British curriculum schools. So all the schools out there that have already had students in the building uh, for a week, I'm I'm sure they're related to be, you know, slightly more towards what normal used to look like. Let's, Let's frame it like that. I think it's important as well to remember that we're in a part of history you know, never before have students had to learn online for such a, a long period of time. And while it's, it has its challenges, it's a bit obscure, it's also really exciting when you think about that. You know, no one got into the profession with the view that, you know, in 2020 across through to 2021, we'd be teaching students online for such a long period of time. So I, th- I think it's it's amazing to see the growth of many teachers in schools, you know, in the last year. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, I would imagine that as an educator, nothing will really replace that face-to-face teaching and, and that direct interaction with not only the students, but probably your colleagues as well. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, what, whilst, our, you know, we're kind of in the business of building and sharing knowledge, it, the foundation for all of that, whether it's with the students or with colleagues, is relationships. and whilst it's easy to maintain relationships you already have once you're online, it's quite challenging for teachers to create and and build those relationships if they've never actually met the students face to face. Um, And many of us across the globe have been thrust into that position. You know, when you think that students haven't actually set foot in the building this academic year yet, if they're in year seven, eight and nine, you know, next week's gonna be the first time that they've done that, that's a momentous moment. For, for everybody involved, I think.
1: Exactly, I, I agree. And and Oli, almost a year ago, you you also founded Learn Live UAE. And whilst many of our listeners, especially if they're part of the education community here in the UAE, probably already know about it, uh, we do have a tremendous global outreach. So can you tell our global listeners a little bit more about this fantastic initiative and, and what made you start it?
0: Thank you so much. Um, I'm really lucky to be part of the um, Abu Dhabi teaching conference, Uh, I I guess, sort of little collaborative community. There's a few representatives from some of the larger schools in Abu Dhabi. Um, My own school, the British International School of Abu Dhabi is represented. I'm there as a representative. Uh, BSAC um, has uh, Kate Jones and Nigel um, Davis as representatives. We've also got Matt from Cranley, Riz, Um, and Amit from Brighton College, along with a growing kind of community of of teachers that are keen on collaborating and sharing. And we were pretty much ready to go with the conference. We had 400 teachers signed up to come to a a one-day face-to-face teaching and learning conference. And obviously, you know, the pandemic happened and and we had to um, halt the event, postpone it, Um, the afternoon before. And that kind of got me thinking, really, you know, why can't we just transfer it online? Um, But the vision and values for that conference were we wanted it to be face-to-face and a chance for the teachers in in Abu Dhabi and wider region uh, to actually meet each other. And you know, we stuck true to that. We decided to delay that conference um, and we're still waiting, we're still waiting. So it hasn't uh, hasn't happened yet, but it will do. Um, we're expecting it, fingers crossed, to happen next term, towards the end of next term. But more information on that. Um, and it just got me thinking, really, you know, not many people at the time were offering um, the chance for kind of local and global connection with educators to learn with them and from them. And I had a little chat with a, a friend of mine who I use as a sounding board quite often for ideas, Mark Anderson. Um, he, you can find him on social media at ICT Evangelist. Definitely a, um, a very big shout out to, to Mark, uh, Anderson. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he's fantastic. He's brimming with ideas and, and yes. um, he's my sounding board um, for a lot of ideas that, um, I might have cause he, he he'll give me an honest answer. Um, and, and he really gets it. He knows education inside and out. And I just sort of threw the idea at him. I said, What do you think to a, a, an online weekly event where teachers can connect, collaborate, share, you know, on um, targeted ideas that's free, relevant, where, you know, teachers love teaching. It's, it's kind of in our DNA. We like sharing what we're doing. And that's kind of a cornerstone behind Learn Live UAE. It's just a chance for educators to come on, have a discussion, share timely, relevant, focused learning that's responsive to the needs of educators at, at the particular time, and share professional development ideas and learning opportunities. Um, and you know, we had a discussion, he said, yeah, it's a it's a great idea, but have you thought about having a, a co-host and I kind of said well why and he went well you're not always going to be free what if you've got a parents evening or you know stuff just happens doesn't it both in your your day-to-day lives and um, but as well as in in your professional life and I just thought actually that's a really good point that kind of led me to the question so do you fancy it <laughs> what are you asking I said, yeah I am you know let's do it why not what's you know what's the worst that could happen and, and it, it started there and, and it was was kind of born in that moment really and, and at the start of lockdown I think it was May the 4th we we aired our first show and the rest is history so to speak.
1: That's that's brilliant and I personally love tuning into your weekly episodes and always find the discussions very interesting and inspiring so uh, keep up the great work uh, Ollian.
0: Thank you so much if, if anyone does want to tune in you can find us on YouTube we're just uh, youtube.com forward slash learn live uae um, we're also on anchor just like the the guest cast uh, podcast so so please do tune in and we're always looking for people to come on the show and share something that they're doing so please do get in touch uh, we'd love to hear from you
1: perfect and and ollie what about any new initiatives or or projects are there any that you're currently working on
0: uh, I'm, I'm literally about to start next week uh my mpqsl um, so that, that's going to occupy a large section of my free time, I think, with the reading around that and planning and uh, over two terms, I have to um, uh, carry out a project within school that looks at improving people outcomes and um, the kind of wider school community. So I'll be, be quite busy with that, I think, over the um, the coming nearly year. Um, within my team, within within the science department at school, we're currently working on Oracy within uh, Key Stage three. I think that's that's really important, at, especially now, developing students' you know range of speaking and listening skills to improve their communication and collaboration. So that's that's kind of our little focus there. Um, my school also holds each year. Um, it's called. We call it CSI. Stands for Collaborative School-Based Inquiry, and it's a chance for um, teachers to conduct little mini-action research projects that look to improve student outcomes. Um, so we're kind of dovetailing that at the moment with our Aurasi project in in the science team. Um, so that will keep us quite busy at the moment, and that's been really interesting because. You know, I, I think at the moment it's it's fair to say for everybody out there, it can be quite difficult at times to get all students communicating in an online context. You know, I've been running it for um, a good few weeks now online, so I'm really excited to see how that translates now to back into the classroom with the students. So, sort of two projects that are running at the moment. Um, I've also been asked by uh, two educators in the region. I'm sure they won't mind me sharing this. I've started a project called LearnEd. Um, that's James McBlane, who's incoming uh, head of secondary for Heartland International School next year, currently at BSAC, and Dee Saran, who's deputy head learning and teaching Dubai College to write a small course for, for LearnEd on uh, teaching and learning with Microsoft tools. Um, so we've got that in the pipeline as well. So really busy, like we were discussing off air. I think I'm not very good at not being busy.
1: Definitely. I mean, that's fantastic. And, you know, like you said, it seems like you're keeping yourself always very busy despite such a hectic year uh, already. And so we definitely salute you for that and, and would like to wish you all the best with your MPQSL qualification. You. And all you, a lot of educators, though, don't seem to be able to undertake new initiatives or continue their professional development, especially in this current situation Probably due to stress, uh, excess workload and and really all the uncertainties caused by the pandemic. So what do you think is the biggest challenge educators are facing
0: at the moment? That's a really good question. I think there are so many out there. Teacher burnout is one, mental health and well-being. But that's not just for teachers, for everybody in the the kind of the triad of, of school, parent, student. Yeah, I think it's it's been a long road for, for many students, parents, teachers across the globe. So I think it'd be remiss not, not to mention that. Um you know, probably not so much in this region is equality and equity. I think we've got to emphasize those those two points. I think everybody has a certain need and it's making sure that we can we can achieve that as a school through treating everybody the same equally. Um in terms of equity. You know that that's also an important point I think to highlight and accessibility of of tools we're really fortunate in in our school okay. and in the Middle East that mm-hmm. that's not necessarily a problem but if you look wider afield in different regions of the world, you know not everybody has a device so they can't access the learning um or they have to share a device with parent and parent needs it for work and it's really difficult to balance but I, I think probably focusing in on the middle East I think it would it would probably be Teacher burnout, mental health, and well-being—I think—are some of the um, the biggest issues facing education. And it,
1: it truly has been a a long road, as you said, for for the education community. And but if we've learned one thing in in the past year, it's it's how amazing, really, and and resilient all stakeholders um, in this community have been. And in your opinion what what measures can schools put in place to really help support educators uh, overcome these challenges that you just pointed Absolutely.
0: out I, I think it's it's really important that schools leaders parents students uh, are realistic when it comes to everybody's workload not just teachers but the students as well and and how we facilitate that um, in schools I think that that's really important that that is all underpinned for me by clear communication between all stakeholders, the school and the parents. I think that's really important. If you look at my own school as an an example of that, you know, we've we've been conducting pupil voice surveys pretty much for a year now to look at, um, and they're anonymous as well, I think that's important, to identify what the students want, need, how they're feeling so that you can be responsive to that. And I think that's really important to make sure that we're supporting everybody in, in within the school community. Um, and, and that you know gives you the opportunity to be slightly more flexible, I think, which is also key. Um, I, I don't think that anyone is probably still following the same kind of virtual school that they were a year ago now. I'd like to think that everybody has adapted and changed and evolved their They're offering as they've gone through by listening to what everybody needs, and that that voice is important from the students, but also from the teachers. Uh, You know, and we've seen loads of schools, and we've done it ourselves, offering you know non digital days, which I think is massively important to just give everybody a chance to step away from the screen for for a day and just catch up with themselves. So I, I think that's key, having that kind of healthy work life balance that's acknowledged by senior leaders. Definitely, and, and what do you enjoy most about working in
1: education? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you enjoy uh, many things, but uh, is there anything in particular or, or a few things you can name that, uh, basically what got you in, you know, so passionate about working in the education field? I think it's,
0: it's always an opportunity to connect and collaborate with new people. And that could be the students in, in your classrooms, or it could be, you know, colleagues that um, arrive in your school, or if you change schools. So I think it's that opportunity to find a common language, whether it's the language of your subject or just the language of learning, that really drives me, um, and what I enjoy most, and just sort of seeing the the light bulb moments, the buzz in students and colleagues. I think that's, you know, you. you You can't put a price on that. For everything else, there's MasterCard, you know. (laughs) Exactly. And, uh, you know, I I
1: know how important that is for you to uh, improve the outcomes for students. And is there any particular student or or perhaps a group of students or, or class that you feel you made the biggest leap in terms of improving their academic performance throughout your career, perhaps?
0: My, uh, my sort of original subject, as it were, is, is physics. And I remember in my first school, myself and the head of department at the time, Angela, took on teaching A-level physics. We were partnered with a, a sixth form college and we had the first female student in our class. Um, and she went on to get a job for Rolls-Royce um, Engineering. And I think that, that was quite a oh, big wow. moment for the school. Um, You know, having never had a girl study physics and and girls are always underrepresented in physics or not always, but fairly often. And and that was quite a moment to have the first girl go through into an engineering degree at, um, you know, fully funded by Rolls-Royce. So that was um, that was quite a moment.
1: Brilliant. And it's always refreshing to hear, uh, you know, inspiring success stories. Uh, which leads us to the next question, which I appreciate uh, might also have multiple answers. But what is your career high? Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, about oh, it? There's,
0: there's too many to, to sort of choose from, I think.
1: Or a few. You can, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure there are loads, but uh, if you can name a Absolutely, few, that would be yeah. great.
0: Um, my first teaching job. I think, you know, when you, you first do your teacher training and then you secure your first job, that's that's a brilliant moment. Prior to moving out to the East, um I, I took on leading racket sports and coached the first badminton team, and we worked really hard as a team. And I think in our second season, we won twenty four out of twenty five matches, and that was that was quite a moment. Oh wow! I, I feel more success in that than winning the twenty fifth. Um, I, I don't know why. I just think to go from, you know, we. When I first took the team on, we played two or three matches a season and within two years, we were playing 25 and nearly winning all of them. But it, I don't know, it's just something about that journey has always stuck with me. And I quite like the fact that we lost one because it keeps you humble. Um, moving to the UAE, you know, I'd always wanted to teach internationally and we decided to make the move nearly three years ago now. Um, and that, that was brilliant and really enjoy um, international education. Um, winning a guest award was fantastic. That was brilliant to acknowledge all of the work of the, the teachers and students at Bissad using Century Tech um, to move learning forward. So that that was really nice. I think just the the day to day light bulb moments that you see with students. You know that's why we get into it. It's not for you know unbeaten seasons or. Um, you know, acknowledgement it's just to see the enjoyment and love of learning in the classroom. I think we can often lose sight of that.
1: If you weren't an educator, Ollie, what, what career would you choose if, if you could do really anything?
0: Uh, the physicist in me would love to be an astrophysicist, but I would, I would love to do something in that realm. Uh, and I still wouldn't write that off. I think one day, maybe towards the end of my career. I love just looking out into the universe. So, you know, I'd I'd quite like to be an astrophysicist. The foodie in me wouldn't mind being a food critic. I mean, what's not to love? You get to go to restaurants and eat food and write about it. I mean, I could do that. (laughs) I'm also quite like the idea of working in either educational research or at some point in time, working in universities, training teachers to teach. I've had quite a few conversations around that over the last couple of years. So I think that that's, that would be hugely rewarding to to start that journey out for a lot of teachers. But also, I, I, you know, I've you previously done lots of sports coaching in the past. Um, so perhaps something within sports coaching. I was a pretty handy squash player when I was a youngster. I'm sure you still I'm, are. I'm still okay. yeah. I'm a little bit slower now, quite a lot slower. but. Yeah, uh, perhaps something in the sports coaching world as well, because I think that's really interesting because there's so many facets to that now from nutrition to psychology, you know, and all the other aspects to the science behind it that, you know, that would be really interesting to be a part of.
1: That is that is very interesting. And and these are fantastic and I'd say very diverse uh, career aspirations. You mentioned coaching sports. Do you currently coach any of your classes or, or grades in school at inter-school competitions, uh, or perhaps any teams outside school as a hobby, or or when have you done that uh,
0: in recent? Uh, since moving to the Middle East, I haven't actually. Um, we just had a child, just uh, my daughter, just as we would moved out here. So whilst I'm I'm quite busy in in school and and outside of school, you know, first and foremost is family. She's my little protege. I think so. I'm sure at some point I'll end up coaching her some sports, but. Uh, currently I'm not no
1: you know you never know I mean if uh, once she gets a little older and you start coaching her she could be a, a gold medalist at, at one of the Olympics in, in the future you never know inshallah representing the UK yeah,
0: inshallah that would be
1: nice. <laughs> inshallah yeah. that leads us to the next question which is what is the one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self
0: enjoy the journey I think we can get quite swept up in getting to the final destination and actually the the fun and enjoyment really is in in the challenge in the journey and in the trying Uh, it's not necessarily about you know the next position or whatever outcome it is you're looking for it's about the growth on that journey i think you know take your time with things um substance counts for a lot so i think that would be my my bit of advice to my younger self. There's no rush, just relax, slow down and enjoy the journey.
1: This is a great piece of advice. Thank you for sharing it with us, Oli. And on to our final question, which is a little bit more serious. Where do you see the future of education and, and what do you personally hope for uh, in the future?
0: God, that's a really big question to unpick. I think one of the many positives that's that's come out of the last year is the chance for um, schools, but then also on a, on a wider kind of national scale, the systematic review of policy, process, practice in education. You know, you said a while back about how teachers are majorly resilient, and I, I really do agree with that. I think that once again, we've shown ourselves really positively on the global scene, um, and that's testament to kind of, you know, Teachers love learning, and they love sharing that learning, and are willing to, you know, do the best for the students in front of them. I think I think I'd like to see assessment reframed. There's been lots of talk over the last year on, you know, exam boards and what that looked like, or might look like, or could look like, and, and I think now's the time to really reframe what what assessment should look like on a on a national and a global scale. Um, I'd also like to see clearer use around technology such as you know AI and how century works to improve so many different areas like assessment or like workload for teachers to help drive learning forwards uh, and reduce that that feedback delay I think that's massively important for for schools and how that could actually improve things moving forwards um, I'd like to see improved equity of access because I know that's not too much of a, a, an issue in this particular region, which we're really fortunate about, but globally I'd like to see that improve. Um, I think it would be risk, remiss as well to not have a kind of a drive on learning skills. I think that that's really important and often overlooked. And you know, something to come out of the last year is we need to focus on the human element. I think that's really important and we, we can Sometimes forget that, you know. Certainly, when you get through to exam years and it's it's results, results um, across the world. I think that that we need to refocus and look at the human first and learning skills. I think is a really important part of that, and it ties into so many other different areas of of not just education, but you know, across the globe. Whether you look at the Sustainable Development Goals or um, remember seeing recently Jack Ma talking about, um, you know, skills, skills are really important. We fast forward 20, 30, 40 years, who knows how long, machines, computers will be able to do a lot of the jobs that we um, have historically done. So I think bringing the human back into education is going to be massively important in the future.
1: Agreed. And uh, thank you so much, Ollie, for your time. It's always an absolute pleasure chatting with you and We look forward to doing so again in the near future. Until then, please
0: take care and and stay safe. Thanks, Danny. Same to you. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Take care. care, and Bye-bye. Thanks for joining this week's guest cast. Make sure you visit our website, guesteducation.com, the essential resource for educators to subscribe to the podcast and to enjoy the latest education news.